Yep. We're here. Recording in progress. Oh. Just gotta go give the go go ahead for the recording. We're good to go for the climax session of United Souls 2021. It's been amazing. A big thank you to Pulver EDU. Big thank you to whoever's been part of it. And most of all, Jonathan, who's been a big part of it, and Lauren, who's definitely been involved in organization, especially the Pulver family, both Lauren and Jeff, but brother and sister, amazing hosts. And it's been such a growth developmental year and process. The fact I even have such a course and such an opportunity is in their merit. And I really appreciate it with the book as well as coming together, hopefully in the new year, for the, the Jewish New Year or even the uh, the general year 2022, it will be able to get out a, a formal approach to this whole concept of United Souls. Today's focus is a climax point and the key to remember today is to climax in oneness. And we had a little discussion before that there are some things that go on in life that are the opposite of oneness seemingly like when a couple get divorced or uh, other such things that go on like um, a business partnership breakup um, these kind of things have come up in the Zula community and our community we have discussed some of these things um, but today we're going to go into first the climax to the oneness and then how to bring that into again into our daily life the, the, the key is that everything we've discussed should be practical and rememberable and internalized and real and should impact our life. You know, my, my soulmate, my wife was just saying before, cause I'm going through quite a hard time this last few weeks. And um, you know, I'm gonna be traveling and then it makes a bit more tension when the husband's about to leave and there's a lot still to do and etc. It's just a difficult moment. And she was saying, you're not applying anything you're talking about. So I have the honesty and the transparency to share that that I do have my weak moments and uh, that's part of being a human being that we're allowed to have moments you know thank god I didn't like you know kill anyone or you know I see the love there I didn't I didn't um you know god forbid do anything irreversible I hope the word is irreversible or uh, you know, long-term damage or anything these are all things that could be fixed through just you know a polite you know forgive me or uh you know, rebuilding that person's confidence that I was mean to or whatever it is, that we have the power to come back to the oneness. That's the idea that when we're aware, and this is what I've been talking about the last few weeks in my own classes, my weekly classes that I give in my podcasts and unity podcasts and relationship podcasts, that once you have the awareness, the clarity of thought, and you know the concepts and you know the goals and the mission statement, you have a clear picture, a vision, of what you'd like to aim towards, that's constantly aiding you. In some ways, in some days, that you can that that goal, that ambition, that drive, and that failure to achieve all those things can actually be very painful and can actually be used against yourself. So therefore, you need to come back. Like Tom Billy always says, he always says wisely, you need to learn how to use whatever you are growing in. For you to be most effective and to not hinder you in your development. So it's very important to, to when you're developing yourself as a human being, as a soul, not to get pulled into these games 
where suddenly you're because you're having a lower moment or a harder moment or a difficult moment to compound it with now's the time I'm I'm really meant to be achieving all these goals and I'm meant to be you know whatever say someone's like uh, you know that famous actor Jim Carrey I'm meant to have a million dollars by this and such an age so he actually achieved it but just say you didn't yeah like I would say personally that if you work out all your cumulative spending and if you do have property or if you even just rented all those experiences in life they probably do accumulate after a bunch of years to a million dollars that that that's how much we live and that's how rich and wealthy we are in a first world country that we probably after a bunch of years have gone through a million dollars i'd be uh, you know i don't know if anyone would say i'm wrong about that but i think that you know i once got a blessing from a righteous man a very holy man i've mentioned him a few times here in this course and he said to me and it, it, the truth was i didn't say nothing to him he we were, we were praying together and he read my mind and i was praying for a million dollars literally i was praying for that amount like Jim Carrey style, you know, I hadn't got like my game plan, how I'm going to get it, but I'm going to, I was just saying to the, you know, the God, the, however you call it, the universal force, our creator, our father, however you disconnect and describe your, this huge absolute force, I was beseeching that force and saying, please, I need a million dollars somehow, I need to better house my family and la 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 la. Anyway, I was just thinking about it, and my Rebbe at that time, my teacher, he came up to me after the prayer service and said to me in the car, he said, you're going to get, he gave me a blessing as I was leaving the car, he said, you're going to have a million dollars, don't worry about it, you're going to get it. And I was like, well, I never said nothing to him. It's as if he was up there seeing what I was praying for. So there are some people around who can do that, who, who are sensitive in that level, and I've had the merit to be around them and I've seen those blessings manifest because for example without being too transparent but I am living in a house in Ushalayim work that out yourself yeah so but the point is that these these blessings do come true yeah and um, it's about tuning into that oneness but sometimes it's actually us asking for it and requesting it and that's part of the 12 steps you have to sometimes open yourself up and be able to just have the humility to say, I need help. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually one of the 10 points that we're focusing on is we, I think we mentioned humility definitely during this, this course. And, you know, I, I was just listening. It's right fresh on my mind to um, can maybe Jonathan, you can help me with a name. What's his name? Uh, the famous soldier, uh, Navy SEALs guy, Jocko, Wil Jocko Wilnick. It's a famous, famous. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Jocko, big guy, yeah. I think so, you're right. Actually. Yeah, yeah, Jocko. Yeah, so he's amazing yeah. in his content and his his teachings. He's even put out a children's book. I'm very impressed with him as a person. And he just had a a veteran's wife on his podcast. And you can, it's the latest episode. I don't want to say a name because you know, even though he said it, but you can go there and and see for yourself. But the main point that you just filled with these soldiers after they've gone through what they've gone through is such humility. <laughs> Even though at one point they were like on top of the game and top of the world, they were the elite of the elite. But through the experiences of going through so much trauma, layer after layer after layer, 
and the effect it has on their family, on their on their own mind, on their own heart, on their functionality. And you feel it so deep when you hear this wife talking through the story of her husband who eventually, from what I gather, um, killed himself, um, was basically dying. Yeah. So it, it's crazy when you see the people who gave up so much of their life for a bigger cause and the damage it brought upon them. Now, this, you know, I'm not in any place to discuss this kind of humility and, and this, this kind of lifestyle because I never did it. But um, what I can say is when you, when you hear the kind of things that people are going through, it should just bring you to some level of humility that it's okay that you're struggling and you're still working yourself out. And even if you've got a lot of awareness, a lot of ideas that I do believe impact you positively and do improve your game a little bit more and you do get to apply all the previous nine points we brought out a little bit more of a positive effect on your as we'll say we'll go through them quickly being more proactive so you're more kind you're less affected by life in a negative way you don't react to things you're proactive and then the idea of mission statement we spoke about the idea of really having goals and dreams that's the second one and then third one to be able to be focused on family first and what's priority i mean i say family first because for me that's a priority and the first things first to know your true priorities in this world and your time management and how to not let life move you around but rather you have a strategy and a clear approach to how you're going to manage your day obviously you're flexible we spoke about that as well and then the fourth concept of win-win of really being able to develop and build other people around you and the fifth concept of listening to really understand before being understood so learning to get out your own uh, mindset and be able to really listen to a person in front of you so you're not stuck in putting your agendas on others but you're able to really internalize what you've learned in that conversation and really experience the other person fully that's the hardest one for me personally and then the six the idea of synergize bringing everything together and really connecting this all thanks to stephen covey but we brought it into a little bit of a spiritual level all these six points and that was why when we went to the seventh one the last few weeks and we talked about internalization and reviewing that i also came to a realization in the last few weeks that these seven points the sharpening the saw and bringing it all together they really fit the seven um noahite laws which is very interesting because there's a concept from you know i i am a jew and you know and the noahite laws are not specifically for the jews they're actually for the for the nations of the world but they've seemed to be very forgotten about and sidelined and someone recently who introduced me originally to stephen covey he said he's now going through the noahite laws if you know what they are, the seven commandments for the uh, B'nai Noah, which is for the general world, not just for the Jewish people. And those commandments actually fit perfectly Stephen Covey's seven habits. So the idea is, what I understood from Stephen Covey is that he brought down seven principles of, that's why we're giving him credit at this final climax class, that are so cleverly universal that if you go into any mysticism, I would believe those principles will fit. They'll fit the pattern, the process of being proactive all the way till review and, and internalization. They'll, that process will be in every mystical system of seven. And one of the reasons I know it's true, because one, I've gone through also the spiritual mystical texts in the Jewish world, and I've gone through a lot of other religions before I became 
more involved with Judaism. I was in university and I studied Buddhism and Hinduism a little bit, not as much Islamic texts and also Christian texts. I grew up in a school where I was taken to church every year and I had a, a pastor who used to give Bible classes and I did religious studies. I had a lot of religious experiences growing up, even though I was irreligious. Um, but for some reason, I was blessed to have a very wide range upbringing and I was surrounded by every kind of religion growing up at the schools I went to. So that was very encouraging for me when I came across seven principles that fit all those religions and certain level, the mystical texts as well, other mysticisms that exist as well, because there are a lot. You know, there's also there's there's a bunch of South American mystical texts as well, which the Celestine Prophecy was one of them that inspired me very much. Uh, just to give some sources that are out there, that there are a flow of mystical writings that fit everything we've said. And it should make sense that it should be that way. Because if we're talking about the language of the soul and we're trying to bring oneness into everything, so we have to understand it is a universal bridge between all the different spiritualities and all the different... I, I prefer not to use religion so much because religion gets caught up with once again a lot of the differences and the there's a lot of culture there and a lot of communal rules that have been developed but if we have the bottom line seven principles that Stephen Covey brought out in a practical way for everyday life and I do believe he was a religious man himself also so there's a lot we can learn and we can bring it to something like the 12 steps which even though it was started by religious people but it still has foundational principles that connect into very much many things we've talked about here as well and they're helping people get out of their addictions like the, that's why personally I then took it on to the next three levels of nine, ten, uh, sorry, eight, nine, ten. I added three more levels and we spoke the last two sessions about the eighth one and the ninth one of really knowing your voice, understanding and then knowledge to really know yourself and to remove all those distractions and that's when we can get ready for this tenth concept which is where we're at now which is the the uh, oneness of just bringing it all together and I'm going to read out what my wife helped me with on her course that we did together um, to inspire ourselves with a life more of more belief unity and joy now belief doesn't have to just be uh, belief in God it also really importantly it means belief in yourself believe that you have a soul to build that in yourself will give you ability then to believe and this is something which I've definitely been lacking at this last few weeks and I'm really going to have to work on it the next few weeks because there's, for many reasons I need it more than ever but to believe, once you believe in yourself then you can really believe in other people and build their self-belief, self-esteem and that's why it's so important that if you believe that everything happens to you in life is meant to be like you accept, you have that acceptance which is a huge step forward in life you accept what you're going through is what you're supposed to be going through. There is some level of a mourning or, or you know, like, like we said about divorce or losing a business opportunity. There is some level of letting go and that can be emotionally difficult. But once you get to that level of acceptance, then you're in a place where you can now really go forward in emanating a lot of belief in the people around you who are also affected by whatever it is. Because usually a divorce affects the whole family. Even if it's a child going through divorce, it still affects the whole family. Whenever the part of the family is going through divorce, it affects everyone around. Yeah, we agree on that. Yeah, so everyone gets affected. Or if you, if a father or a mother who's an important, 
breadwinner in a family goes through a broken partnership in business or something goes on that's difficult where the, the change of income and, and a lot of people have gone through this during this corona challenge yeah where where they were getting a certain amount of income and now they're getting less or it's coming in different ways and they have to shift it to online. It's a lot of tran transitions and struggles. Everyone keeps using this word pivot to the point it gets annoying. Yeah, personally, I don't know if you've heard all these people pivoting. It makes me think of a ballet dancer, but the point is that, uh, <laughs> that's how my mind works, but it gets a bit annoying. I mean, I mean, I like ballet, but I don't like, you know, the word being used. Like, you know, you get these words that you use again and again and again. And it's like to the point where it's like, all right, enough already. Let me just communicate a little bit more unique. Like have your own forms of expression. Don't just always use everyone's lingo that's come popularized online. Like use your own words, Talk, learn your language, believe in yourself. That's another important thing we talked about. There's a language of the soul. You have to learn to, to believe in yourself enough that you communicate from you and not because you've heard some bigger person supposedly say something, so you now only quote it according to them. Why? If you've got some insight that they don't have, and you've got some unique form of expression they don't have, that's your gift, that's your blessing, and use that. So communication is also really important in the schemes of oneness. People really think, this is, we've spoken and mentioned this before, but people think, and I don't want to be political, but people think that, that oneness means equity, which it does not. It's the opposite, yeah? People think that oneness means, unity means, you know, everyone voting for the same person or, or not, that could be totalitarianism, that could be communism or all these other isms. To really have oneness, it means universe, unity and diversity, that everyone is unique and they're able to respect, as we had all the principles before. It doesn't mean they just become one to everyone else. That's that's not true that's we there's a human universal truth that we've mentioned before that we can all gain from but it's still going to come out and each person according to the individual situation just like we said with we mentioned before with divorce there's a great quote from jonathan that every single person is divorce is unique and i would say that in almost every important you know life experience there's a unique way that a person, a human being is going to go through that, that nobody else has. And that if a person would value that uniqueness, then they have such an amazing brand. Because now they're their own brand and no one else is. And think about that. That's a unique, that's the beauty. People always say, well, how am I going to brand myself? But just be totally you. Don't be anyone else. Don't think you need to look a certain way or act a certain way. Just be totally true to yourself and believe in yourself and have that trust in yourself as much as you're able to. And also, as we said, you do need to speak to people outside of yourself. Like I said, my, we've talked about before, my soulmate or a guide or people who are, who are wiser than you or more experienced than you and have an insight to help guide you. But once again, it doesn't take away if they're really good guides. If not, we're not talking about gurus who suddenly own you. We're talking about people that, that the, the, the furthest thing they want to do is own you or control you. They want you to become the best you. They're the kind of guides you want to be connected with. You don't want to be connected to people that want you to become them. That's where religions lost the plot, yeah? When they're trying to control people or, or governments or political organizations or social media uh, influences. They want to like get everyone to be a certain, it's not going to work. The true leader 
causes the other person to become a leader. That's what one of the most famous uh, rabbis of history, he was praised for this. His name is the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Chabad Rebbe. He, what he built was a movement of leaders. And when people tried, and I myself at one point considered, you know, joining their group officially and having the official, you know, emblem of Chabad, that's the name of the group, and like joining the whole thing of all the customs. And, and the beautiful thing is that he didn't always say to every single person that turned up to him, yeah, you need to join my organization. He was happy to help them be empowered through his organization, but the key was to build leaders, no matter what, who they were. And if they were in his organization or outside his organization, what difference has it got to do? You just got to build everyone who comes to him. It was about empowerment and building them up to become the best person, the godly person they can be. And that he was an example of United Souls because he did that in a way that's impacted the world globally. And I do think that they've reached a point, even in this generation, where they've generally, I mean, not everyone's perfect there, but they've generally got a good name in the world. And they've been seen as an organization that is filled with leaders, but even people who are part of the organization feel a kingship, feel a kinship, like a con connection. So it's just the, the reason I'm bringing this is just an example how there are people who are bringing oneness into the world through building up other people around them. But remember, it all goes back, like everything we've said, back to yourself. It goes back to you. And that's why I'm going to carry on reading. Everyone should take one, take one self-care, mentioned to start. As we've already sort of talked about at the beginning, you have to take care of yourself. For example, for one person, it could be having coffee early in the morning before everyone gets up, or a 10 minutes walk, nap, or read, or something you enjoy. So here you go. This is my wife, yeah? Like, beautifully coming in. I'm, like, holding about these big, famous leaders and this whole powerful vision of how we're going to save the world and she's telling me no you need to get up in the morning make sure you have a coffee before you start talking to anyone or go for a walk or you know yeah that you have to be real that before you can go save the world that you're a person as they say in the Yiddish language you're a mensch you're a person first before you can go out and do anything else for anybody else and that's the beauty of of waking up and having that individual unique moment with yourself and your day that's about to begin. That that's a crucial time to really get gather yourself and remember what life's about, what your goals are. So in, in our religion, I mean, I hate using the word religion, but spirituality, spiritually what we say in the morning is we give thanks just for the fact that we woke up. That's actually a law that we're just to say, and you say Tony Robbins has this hour of gratitude or power or hour of gratitude or all these big speakers now. This has been going on in our tradition ever since, you know, the laws are written down and given that it's all of the generations in our people has been taught to say the first thing when you wake up in the morning is the attitude of gratitude. So I thank you. The words are, I thank you for returning my soul and having a tremendous belief in me. Beautiful words. You know, um, someone sent me the other day the uh, the prayer of serenity, which you know in the in the, uh, in the uh, addiction world and recovery world, let's rather call it recovery world, is a very power, profound prayer. Also, letting go and believing in a higher force that's going to help me overcome my desires. These kind of simple prayers or mantras or however you want to call it can bring as you start the day. So my wife went to the next level after that 
to just have a coffee or have 10 minutes walk, a, a general human principle that we all can connect with. Have a little nap, yeah, those for another five minutes, nothing more pleasurable than that. Or read something you enjoy. The point is we have accomplished something together that is very healthy and special. That's the concept that generally everything we've discussed in this course, that we've accomplished something healthy and special. We've dedicated an hour once every two weeks and we had a little break here and there, but we've dedicated time in our life with all the busyness and all the pressures and all the struggles and we've dedicated just for self-development, just to become more soulful and more, more aware of our, who we truly are and the ability to inspire that in others. We've dedicated an hour of, our, uh, of, of that time and that's very precious and powerful and it's a very healthy and special thing to do. You know, if you ever listen to Oprah in her Soul Super Soul Sunday thing, a podcast or whatever, she always says about how time is so important that you give yourself time to to become more soulful. And you know, if she can say that on her level of busyness and with all her, you know, she could be doing other things and empowering people on this kind of mindset. But she's obviously learned through all her years of success that the soul level is really important. I mean, she's approved my course on a, on a global level that there is such a mindset or the idea of Eckhart Tolle, who she's very into, becoming such a name nowadays because the, the importance of soul subjects is universally needed. That people need to feel that there's some sort of unifying force. In the science world, there's this uh, universal... Um, principle that binds everything together um, the exact name of it the universal theory of oneness or whatever the exact way of phrasing it is in science language but the point is there's a there's a oneness that they're searching for in in science as well and I don't think they've given up that search I do think it's continuing from what I remember last time I looked into it but then, then let's read a bit more of my wife's wise words this will add to our daily life an element of belief unity and joy and obviously the concept is you need to be able to work, uh, follow up more. It's not enough just to say, okay, we did the course and, you know, uh, see you later, mate. No, we, the hope is that we're going to have another series. And the hope is that we're going to use that one hour, once every two weeks, just to think about these concepts together. And I want it to be interactive, like I've said so many times. I don't want to just sit here and go on and on. And I have done a bit of a long one now. It's already half, almost half an hour. So um, I want to hear from, from Jonathan and how can we re think about, you know, the oneness and bring it more into our unique, special life. That it shouldn't be something which is removed. That, for example, we wake up in the morning, we, we're connecting into that every day. Whatever prayer or mantra or saying or way of meditating that you have, your your ritual, healthy ritual that you have, if it's a coffee, if it's a walk in the park or whatever it is, but it should be a moment of just clarity that I'm a soul and I'm here in this world to experience the goodness and the positivity and I'm appreciative, I have an attitude of gratitude, I'm thankful that I have this opportunity of another day of life in this world. Like, how can Jonathan bring that alive in his life? So then all the other things we've discussed there's a space made available, because that's the idea. That once you remove the ego, and you remove all these negative distractions and things we've discussed before, then there's space in you for all this other positive soul talk. And there's space within you, not 
blocking your soul from emanating. That's one of the beautiful ideas that I'd like to discuss more in the second part of today's episode and it's very connected to something which I'm working on in a deep way and it's coming up in our in my personal calendar development um, but the idea is you have a soul within and the concept is to bring how do you bring out the soul into your life so I'm going to give you a, a, a little insight how spiritually there are there is a tool how to do that but it, it's still a new concept which I'm just working on and if anyone has any feedback about it, it would be amazing because it's a new concept. But before we go there, I just want to ask Jonathan, what, how, what would you say up until this point of everything we've had in this course and specifically today, this idea of bringing it into a, a moment at the beginning of the day just to internalize this oneness, but also this uniqueness. Because remember, our prayer that I said is that he believes in you in a tremendous way. And that's the point that... The, the higher force believes in you. That's why it's giving you another day of life. There's, there's a force that believes in you that you need to be here. That you're needed in this world. And you're not just an accident. And you're not just a bunch of, you know, atoms bumping together. You're needed in this world. Your unique purpose and message and way of communicating everything about you. Your children, your, your, your life. It's needed. You were, the tea was an English reference there, but yeah, even the English nowadays, I think they prefer coffee from what I see. I'm actually drinking tea. <laughs> wow.
that's really where I'm at. Yeah. You know, not not allowing the outside world to affect us, like you said earlier with you know the divorce, right? Like, and you're not perfect, so you know, like I appreciate your vulnerability with that, but you are willing to acknowledge it and share it, and that's that's what healing, growth, recovery is, and that's actually for me when I get around people that are like that. Yeah, that's why I brought up Jocko because hearing such a huge man, like so male, and like I don't know, there's an alpha male. There's some sort of name for it nowadays that people use a lot. And this this huge, like giant Navy SEAL, you know, accomplished person being so emotional and vulnerable and talking about trauma in the most intense way. It's very profound to watch it, and you know, especially in the in the, with the current. You know, news that's got cycle going on. The lack of like sensitivity to that that's been going on publicly through the through our leaders and stuff like that. Crazy things that they've been involved with. Even if they know how to say it, but you don't feel it. Like when you have one of these real male people that have been there in the in the like the ultimate level. Yeah, the ultimate level of maleness of of war and. And they're able to be so the other way, like completely real and emotional, authentic. It's amazing. Yeah, I, uh, this past week, I, I worked with, with veterans um, and I was able to interact with quite a few Marines uh, with everything that's going on. And, you know, I'm angry about what's going on. They're on a different never served in our, in our military and we acknowledge that it's okay to be angry at this situation it's okay for you to be enraged what's not okay is for you to go out and act out something like you said earlier has long-term you know detrimental effects not only to you but to you know your family and other people and by sitting around and talking about it it really really helped everybody there's different levels, right? Their experience is totally different than my experience. So, <laughs> how can you downplay either of them? You can't. You can't. And anybody that tries to, quite honestly, right? Like, I feel bad for those people. So what what you're doing on on with these people, the the, the veterans, and especially right now with everything, I mean, they've been let down by the people they gave their life up for and uh, you know there's so many ways to understand it and explain it without even being political just to be human yeah i'm sure there's some other way that people yeah. explain it but um 
I do have to say, I don't ever like saying this, but this is one of the points we wanted to discuss and we'll get into it very lightly. Maybe in the next series we'll talk about it more because it does need to be discussed. But there is a concept of evil or the opposite of unity that doesn't want people to join together. And they themselves expose themselves. That's the key. I don't need to go look for them. I'm not cancel culture, the opposite. They probably are the people in cancel culture. But the point is that I'm not there to go and expose them. I don't need to do that. They expose themselves. Their lack of compassion, their lack of empathy, a true empathy, not this pretend, you know, just political jargon. We're talking about where you can sense that they've got evil agendas and they're and they're actually acting on it for the sake of power, control, desires, or even delusion, whatever it is. And we have to be aware that there is that force in the world, at least on some level, and it has influenced us all on some level because of some of the terrible tragedies that have taken place. But the comfort is, I was listening to class today, is it gives us a free will. It gives us something which is most precious to us because that existence of that evil and that lack of unity and that lack of what all the things we've discussed so far. Imagine, take all my points before and go the negative direction. Yeah, And their goal is not to have oneness, but to have disparate non-unity they want power they want to be it's all pure ego so that that place of pure ego that wants to undo everything I've talked about it exists it's a force it can sometimes manifest in people which is a very scary thing but it also manifests in society it manifests in decisions and policies and all kinds of things that we and we have a natural feeling of justice and a natural feeling of wanting to rage against that now, what you've done, yeah. you, yeah. Well, to add to that is the opposite, and that's exactly where the vets were at, right? They had this internal turmoil of good versus evil, and it was like, okay, how do I not act out on that? Because it stirred up, because we all have an ego, that side of our vets. What we had to do is we had to sit there and be present with them and walk them through step by step to, sh- to show them or to, to, to bring awareness to what they did was so important and what they went over for, they, they did fulfill that purpose. And that was centered and grounded in love and all of it. And so bringing them through and helping them see that what they did was was exactly what they signed up to do and they accomplished that and amazing because you know, yeah. so that that really is the victory but that's the victory that's the successful result that they never lost themselves that's that they're able to have the format that you've created which is really my whole course the point is it's not meant to be done by itself. I'm not meant to sit here and just talk to myself. I've done that before. I've taught many classes where I sit in a room and there's a video camera and a bunch of machines and I just talk. And back in the day, before all this technology, I thank God I had a class interaction and I had you know 10 or 20 people around me or group sessions. That would be the ideal. And really, for these special souls like veterans or people of, of you know recovery, or really anybody nowadays who's interested in growing in a growth mindset, 
they're going to have to have some community, community. It's the same word, community, community. The idea they have to join together with other people, and we've mentioned this before, that you need other people to really complete yourself. You're not going to come to completion by yourself. That also is a very important clarification. You can't do what you set out to accomplish as a, as an individual. That's what the, you have to become the best individual you can be. But you need those people around. You need that ability to talk and work it out. And if I try to do stuff by myself, you know, only and be self-reliant, I'm not going to get where I need to get. And so too, the other way around, if I become too dependent on the community, that I don't do my own self-development, then I'm not going to be very useful for the community. And they're going to lose out on my abilities, my, my true blessing that I exist. So what you've done by creating that group situation, that is the most important tool at diffusing all this rage that it should go only in self-development. Like there is a concept you're allowed to rage within. That's a healthy rage. Raging within your own negative forces, as we've mentioned before, that you have a right eye to see the good of people around you, but the left eye is to rage at the negativity. And it might have come from outside influences, but you still have to rage against it within so that you're not at one with the negativity. You are purified from it through the raging or through the working it through. And that's something which I know myself, like, I've, I've had to do a lot um, and I've been inspired by those who've done it on a high level and what you're doing for the veterans is exactly that. That is like, you're creating that in a group aspect and that's really what I'd want my course to be because by myself, I'm only going to get that far because I don't have all the tools, I don't have all the ideas and that's why I want to go on to this next point and this is a deep idea. now. I'm going to need a lot of help on this one from the higher powers themselves and the higher force from God. But it's a deep concept. The idea it basically is when you wake up in the morning, we said, you say, thank you for returning the soul to me. So where did this soul come from? How did it get into this human form? Yeah. So one of the, the, uh, the beautiful truths is that every day, the soul, a new portion of soul comes into you when you wake up. And when you go to bed, you return a portion of that soul back to the higher worlds. It's a deep concept, mystical concept, but it's important to know that it's an actual true concept. And it's something which, once again, you go into all the different mystical texts, I think generally it's a universal accepting idea. That you have a soul and you have a day of a unique portion of your soul, however you explain that, and you have an opportunity to develop that unique portion of the soul and fulfill that purpose of that soul for that day and it goes back to its to its climax point but the the next point this is deep that you've got now got that soul inside you but it's very good it's inside it's implanted inside you but what if you wake up and you're just thinking about paying bills and your ambitions and your your ego and other things that come up straight away usually the tendency is, if you're a normal human being, that you get hit by a whole barrage of negativity also when you wake up, yeah? That's that's a normal, healthy human being to wake up with that kind. I mean, there are some people who are very disciplined how they go to sleep, so then they, they're very careful in the environment. I know, listen to Tim Ferriss and all these people, they have all these like mattress that heats them and warms them and this and that, a million different effective tools 
to, to manifest the best sleep possible and the best mindset possible so you can wake up at peace of yourself. All right, I'm sure there are people that are able to do that. Or you can be like Joe Rogan and go to a sauna or something and sit there for an hour, yeah? But most people don't have those tools, like all the physical tools, to generate that peace of mind or that. So you're going to have to sometimes work it out from within. Now this is the point. You have a soul that's put inside you and you have this force that's trying to distract you. How do you get that soul to now be at peace with the human existence of physical needs, of needing to go to the bathroom and dealing with your hum human physical aspects? And this, how do you get the soul to slowly come out and manifest into your life so that this seemingly contradiction of soul and body doesn't make a war within that's actually maddening or negative or draining or distracting from your overall purpose or even worse which is the general reality of most humanity unfortunately that you don't even register the soul you completely just discount it it doesn't exist i wake up in the morning i'm not a soul i don't know what you're talking about it's, you know ellie get out of here i'm a human who needs to now make money like you know if 21 pilots sings in their song you know get out of bed and, you know i've got to go and make money and that's the first thing that comes into your head. Parents, make money, government, pay bills. No, no, no. These voices, these strong voices that come into us and like get us into robot gear that we got to now go into the rat race and do what we have to do. But the point is, before we go, like we said, that's why this 10 minutes or whatever time amount you give. Personally, I have a prayer service every morning. That time amount gives you that hour of gratitude or whatever it is, however amount however you ritualize it the point is that your soul should be given tools to slowly manifest that you should balance out the the reality of being human that you're not just all body and you're not all just about the rat race and you're not you have to be responsible like you said but you have to also be responsible to your soul like think about it you feed your body and you you spend all day you're having a coffee yeah, you feed your you feed your body, you bathe your body, you rest your body, you clothe your body, you house your body. Think of all the things you do for your body. How much investment does a person put into their soul? And if I was to tell you that the key to all the energy and all the inspiration and all the clarity and all the happiness comes from the soul level, then wouldn't it make sense at least a little bit to get a bit of investment? Like think about it with your with your with your family. If they will have souls, how much do you invest in your family's soul level? How much time do you invest in the community's soul level? Or even if you're on a bigger level, like we mentioned a few people before, that you're able to influence the whole world. How much investment do you put in influencing the world to become more soulful, more aware of that part of themselves that, that's, that's eternal and has universal principles. It has its own language that it can communicate to your body and guide it, that it's not irrelevant. In fact, it will guide your body much better than your body would, because your body only has drives and needs, but it doesn't understand these soulful tendencies that we all have, and we take for granted that they have a source, their compassion and all these godly traits and being kind and giving and selfless. Like we talked about the veterans, how selfless are these people or the, the, the drive to save another person's life. Where does this come from? You know, we don't see it from generally it's these godly tendencies. We don't see from animals. 
this selflessness and this godliness to develop things to comfort other people and care for other people so then we start to understand if the language of the soul is these higher human qualities then we need to invest more in these higher human levels that we have and that we just say i don't know they come from um they come from a need from a selfish need to to get back because i give i get back or it always comes back to the self no doesn't it so you have to say to yourself no there is actual true altruism it is true giving where you actually truly pleasure another person and you get ult- the ultimate pleasure for by doing that that's like an example in intimacy with a, a husband and wife a soul two souls the true understanding would that be is the husband's truly in an altruistic form and that would be the healthy kind of relationship that's the ideal relationship and the woman is receiving that that altruistic giving and then that creates a unification between the two and then they both experience that unit they become one entity and that's incredibly pleasurable and empowering that's the kind of like goal and image of what humanity can become when they when they're truly unified in an intimate sense on a physical level because that's happening physically and that's where the soul has caused the physical element to unite but it can also happen on an emotional level because in order to get there you're going to have to do all the emotional work and it can also happen on a practical level because now if you understand that this is a deep concept but the the idea is you have this soul inside you how do i bring it out into my human life into this being sitting here into then into the world outside so i'll just tell you spiritually and i end off with this, this is today's climax point the, the key is to understand that this this gift is given to you every day and it's blowing into you like the original human being that was created this is a biblical idea but it's there's truth to it and i don't know how anyone could deny it um other than say well i never saw it but if you have enough insight into human understanding that you have a godly spirit inside you at this wondrous force it was blown into you and the way it manifests most is through your speech and how you think and how you act these are clothings of the soul and it's taking the body into a different place you're taking this physical mass and you're using it as a tool to communicate to to think great things and to act in a great way and this is the idea that it slowly starts to impact the soul level once you're aware of it you start to realize how you can even measure how you act as a soul being how you speak as a soul being how you think as a soul being you can start understanding how it's affecting that and you start to break it down that takes time to learn the language of the soul and that's why this is the first course is really just an intro this first whole 10 points was just an intro to this soul language that we're going to go into in the next series now what's going to happen if new people join in and what then the previous one the intro okay so one of the things we've discussed is review and internalization so we're going to, oh, oh, again and again anyway as you mentioned as well having the right cycles we're going to have to go back into the basics again of the intro again and again because we never got it down the first time anyway yeah 
that would be dishonest. If we said, yeah, I mastered all those 10, I'm proactive every day, I never react, yeah? I'm always win-win, yeah? I'm listening in the most ultimate level, yeah? Okay, so I've got all those points down. So now let's just go and fly off into the soul language. No, that would be us jumping steps. So we really gotta go again through the 10 points again, but take each one a little bit deeper and understand how there's much more tools on each level that the soul can start to impact. You start to get the strategy for each one. And I'll just, I'll just end off with the, the first one being proactive since that's the one we're gonna start with. And that is the one. I wanna thank you for joining me. And that's my, my deep gratitude. Not only that I have been given a soul, but I have other souls in my life who are interested to share that experience with me. And I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Because what it does is it gives validation that I'm not in some mental asylum and I'm not some cuckoo you know, guru. And I'm not even trying to make some money out of it. I'm not like the next you know, online guru. I'm not, I don't want to do like Tony Robbins said himself, I am not your guru. Good for him. You're not your guru. You, it's all about the, each individual. And I just really want to thank you all and realize that being proactive and kind is what this whole foundation of this course is built on and uh, the kindness of sharing time together and doing this. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, but it's awesome. It was just a touch on it because it's a, you know, I, I could tell you so many things on each of those points that where it fits into in this in the system of human reality, but it, we'll have to save that for next next time. Recording stopped.